what's up, friends? Welcome to Rescue Your Own Damn Self, the podcast, where each and every week we take an epic journey down our own magical yellow brick road with kick-ass guests sharing their silly stories, awesome analogies, fearless failures, tragic tumbles, empowering aha moments, courageous comebacks, and legendary or even laughable life lessons. I'm your host, Lori Mork. And I'm fired up and ready to show you that you were the fierce warrior, swinging the damn sword, slaying at life all along. It's time to rescue your own damn self. Dr. Heather Bartos is an OBGYN, podcaster, author, speaker, and everyday gal who's considered a go-to voice for sexuality and women in the media. She's been featured in Shape, Glamour, Refinery, ABC News, Jenny McCarthy's radio show, just to name a few. Cosmo Magazine has called her a supremely badass gyno, which she's thinking of putting on her business cards. Check her out on her own podcast, The Me Spot, where she has a knack for making taboo or uncomfortable material feel approachable. Dr. Heather, how are you? I am so good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I, first of all, I was so excited to put you as not only my first guest of 2022, but the relaunch with the new name. You were like the perfect person for it because we are going to talk about my favorite topic (laughs) (laughs) and and it could be orgasms, but it really is just anything to do with the female vagina. Like, I'm just like, I love talking about it. My teenagers hate it. I'm blocked on all social media platforms. (laughs) Mom, can you stop talking about the vagina and sex and orgasms? So welcome. Thank you. I love talking about it with you. I'll talk about it anytime. Well, and you have a lot of experience with women's vaginas. I I, I do. <laughs> Professionally speaking, yes, I do. Well, I have my own too. So personally, I guess. Yes. <laughs> to, to clarify, Lori, I'm not going around and just looking at random vaginas. Well, and it was funny because I plan my podcast kind of in terms of topics. And you're like, let's just talk about whatever, wherever it goes, wherever it flows. And I love that because I feel like we're so structured in everything we do. And it's kind of nice. I mean, we don't plan how we're going to orgasm. It just kind of happens, right? Like, yeah, if you're planning it, you're not doing it right. Right. Like it's not going to happen. It's funny because when I say the word orgasm or when I start to talk about, I mean, anything vibrators, threesomes, you name it, pleasure women's backs go up against the wall, especially in my circle. It's, it's almost like, are we allowed to talk about that? Are we allowed to say that Lori, are you allowed to post that online? Why do you think that we as women, especially struggle with talking about it? Yeah. I, you know, I had a colleague actually in the fall that actually told my husband that my podcast was perverse because I had the cojones to talk about anal sex. Now I wasn't like advocate. I wasn't like saying go out and have butt sex. Like I wasn't, but it was just the talk about what it is. I mean, all the questions that we have, like, you know, the same thing with threesomes, like I've done that topic. It's like, we just want to know it's, 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 
It's education. And we don't get that education ever. I don't recall getting that in like health class when I was 16. Can you imagine your like health teacher, that old guy that led the the old phys ed and health program? (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm in Texas. So, you know, like it's all shut down here for women's anything. So, you know, I'm trying to think like, we just don't get it. Like, so whatever I've learned, whatever you learned, we've learned from either experience or friends talking about it, or I didn't even learn about it in medical school. Like a lot of it was self-taught and kind of, you had to search for the information. The goal is we don't want women to have to go digging for it in rabbit holes deep in the night. Like you should be able to find that information so that you can learn. But and yeah. Not, yeah, not feel guilty. Like taboo is the word that I kind of feel. But yet, you know, for for as long as I can remember, men can talk about jerking off or even the word penis for some reason gets thrown around a lot more. I mean, look at all the dick pics everybody's sending out. Like, you know, I know. <laughs> like that, like that, what was that house that represented Anthony Weiner? I think he sent out pictures of his Weiner. Like that was just like, really? Is that not obvious? Like, well, but no one's coming. sending pictures of their vaginas out to people, right? Like, it's no. like, yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> and I don't know if we want to make it a thing. Like it's kind of, But I do feel like we don't talk about it enough. And in both my books, in my first book and my, my one that I just launched, I had to have, I probably have five or six chapters, like little mini stories on something to do with the vagina, because it's, it's things where I'm like, let's not be so scared. Let's not be so scared to say the word orgasm or talk about orgasms. Let's go there first. Yeah. Yeah. When I was doing my research for my book, I didn't have to do a ton of research because it was a lot of personal stories, not my own clients, which I changed their names, but I couldn't believe the amount of women in my history as being a coach that number one, have a very low, if, if not no sex drive, but number two, they have never orgasm. They don't orgasm Mm -hmm. a lot. It's not even really talked about. Let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, my first patient when I really started to get really into sexual health and wellness was in her seventies and we were doing her well exam. So her pap smear and all this. And she's like, I need to ask you a question. And I remember it plain as day. And I said, yeah, what's up girl? She's like, how do I know if I've ever had an orgasm? And I was like, oh yes, this is my professional, you know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom's age. Like, how horrible for her that she doesn't even know. I mean, here's the question. If you have to ask, you haven't had one, but two, she had a willing partner. It's just that we for so long have been so suppressed Hmm. in, in one thing that pleasure is our right as women, but also not knowing what to do. We just kind of were there to serve the pleasure of others. And a lot of women are still taught that like, that's just, you know, I have friends that still are like, well, I, you know, it's really for him. No, it's not. You know, we are, we biologically have a higher sex drive than men, but over the, I mean, I mean, I'm talking centuries, we've been just suppressed down to where you're either a prude or you're a whore. Like it's one or the other. And, and that's where the conversation has to stop. It's, you know, stop prude shaming and slut shaming. We just have to say, this is just info for all of us, but it's, yeah, it's a problem. 
Well, and I'm glad that we're starting to talk about it more as women and not, I mean, it started in my own friendship circle where we would start talking about things. And then I did start to notice, especially more we're we're getting a little bit more comfortable talking about not just pleasure, not just self-pleasure, but you're not having to go like in the back alley store to get sex (laughs) toys. Like, I hope nobody's seeing me go into the store. We can order it online. We're not as afraid to walk into some of these stores and, and feel like, Okay. <laughs> Give me the goods. Let's go into that. Let's talk about self-pleasure. Let's talk about, cause that's another one that men jerk off men. That's fine. Masturbation for men. But as soon as I say about a woman, cause we have high sex drives. Yes. Everybody's like, Oh, it's not as open of a subject. Even women themselves don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, masturbation is really healthy, just like orgasm. It's a, it's a literally an anti-anxiety, antidepressant, like in a whoosh. Like, so it's, there's so many health benefits to it. And I think a lot of women think that it's a lot of effort, like, Oh, I don't want to sit there and do this for 20 minutes, but you know, they've done studies and actually men can ejaculate orgasm in about three minutes or less. And women can finish orgasm in four minutes or less. So we're not taking a long time. It's not like it's an all day process to do this. Like literally before you jump out of bed in the morning, you can already give yourself a big dose of dopamine to get through the day. Well, and in, in one of my chapters in my book, I say, think of all the wars, wars, arguments, meltdowns that could have been avoided if everybody just masturbated and had an orgasm first <laughs> and, then said, and then came to the table and said, okay, let's, let's debate this. Let's talk about this like yeah. human beings because of the endorphin rush, because of that dopamine hit. But, but yet here we all are all pent up. <laughs> well, you're right. And it's funny because we'll go take a pill. We'll go to the doctor's office and we'll ask for, you know, we're depressed. You want, you know, a pill that helps our serotonin levels rise or we'll eat sugar or, you know, God forbid drugs or whatever, help our dopamine levels rise. But yet we want an all natural lifestyle, but then the most natural thing you can do is orgasm. Like that's just it. Like, and you don't have to go buy anything. Or get in trouble or get arrested. Like it's all right there. It's cheap. And you carry yeah. it with you all the time. <laughs> it can fit into everybody's budget. <laughs> exactly. You'll never forget it in your carry-on, you know, like you can take it through the TSA screening. Like it's with you. It's all the time. Well, and let's talk about like the, uh, the four minutes, four minutes flat. I love that. Do you feel that it's, we don't not even know how to pleasure ourselves, but let's talk about toys. Like let's talk about assistance because yeah, you have your own, your own self and your own fingers or whatever you might have. Yeah. How do you, how do you even go into that? Because there's a lot of people that like, I, I know you, my girlfriend walked into the store and she said she just was overwhelmed. She was like, there was dildos, vibrators, rabbits, all this stuff everywhere. G spot yeah. this anal that. And she got very overwhelmed. And even though the woman that owns the store that, that was there, it's like, where do you even start? Well, I, I think it's great. A lot of women are opening these stores now, which is less intimidating for those of us who are going in for the first time. And like we talked about before we started, you know, Amazon, you can get almost everything from Amazon, including vibrators. I love you that. Know, you I, talked about your search engine history and how like, know, the government must be like, what's this Dr. Heather doing in Texas? <laughs> I, know, I know. I got night vision goggles last week, so I'm really sure they're really wondering what I'm doing now, probably. Um, you know, I tell women, I'm like, you're going to 
just like with when you're dating, you're going to kiss a few frogs before you find your prince. And don't have expectations that the vibrator that you get is going to be the magic one right away. And they all have their own purpose. So there's times where, I mean, I've had women that have had eight, nine vibrators and they have different purposes and different, they aim for different things. Some are, you know, inserted, some are clitoral stimulators. There's now the new clitoral sucker ones that kind of suck on the clitoris. I mean, there's all kinds. And so I've seen no vibrator purchases wasted because just put it in your arsenal and it may all of a sudden hit you one day. I need to go back to that one right there. I had one that named the named all the vibrators, a different, a different guy's name. And so she would have sex with, you know, Bob or Frank or whatever. She was like 80. And I'll tell you, she just was so damn happy. I was like, I got to, I got to have to collect. I got to be like her with like a, you know, military briefcase that I open and there's lights that come down and I like, you know, pick out which one I want that day. But, you know, if people aren't sure, I tell them to go just for the basics in the beginning. And there's the Hitachi magic wand's been out forever. That's, you can get that sharper image and it works great. And you don't even have to go to a sex shop in the beginning if you're not, you know, not wanting to go there yet. Well, I mean, even Instagram now, I have sponsors ads that pop up again, probably they're looking at my search engine history going, <laughs> let's send this girl all this stuff. But I do find that first of all, people are talking about it. Women are talking about it more, but there are sites now that are like, here's the new great toy that yeah. women can't stop talking about. And it's like that FOMO. You're like, fear missing out. I got to get that. Yeah. Or, I got to get one. I got to get one. Yeah. There's some that are they almost look like a, like a whistle, like a dog whistle. I hate to say that, but this what looks like a real skinny little thing. They have the remote controlled ones that are kind of fun for you and your partner to kind of play with. You put them on like in your underwear and then they have the remote. That's kind of fun too. So it's a great way just to involve it in your sexual practice, let alone your self-sexual practice. Right. Now, kind of going in segue into that, how do you bring that up in a relationship? Like if someone has been in a relationship for a long time and none of that has been in it, I mean, what if they're 50? What if they're 60? How do you start to say, listen, I want to start bringing this in? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of men are really excited about, first of all, they're excited about women and I'm just, we're talking mostly about heterosexual couples. I know, but the women that are bringing something new to the bedroom, every guy's excited about that. You know, they'll try anything. They're a lot. We've kind of, we've really kind of played down men, but really men want to pleasure us, but we've kind of got this whole theory that they're only in for it themselves. Those are the wrong men. But most of the time, if you say, you know, Hey, I'd like to bring a toy in, you could give it as a present, you know, Valentine's day is coming up. You could be like, Hey, I want to introduce our third party here. You wanted a threesome, honey, here you go. And, you know, and I have a lot of couples that will use it in conjunction with sex. So during penetrative sex, they'll use it on the clitoris. The partner will use it on them. You can even use it on, on the male partner too. You can actually vibrate on the, the taint kind of the perineum down there it's there's it can just be kind of a fun addition to everything and so sometimes just bringing it out and look what i got huh and just whipping it out right there is a good way to do that if your partner is kind of like ah ooh, what again probably a deeper conversation needs to be had about what's going on in the relationship because pleasure should be the first thing on your partner's mind well and you're you're making your partner's job easier <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I I have in one of my chapters, I say the clitoris, you know, the journey of a thousand men to try and find it. Right. Like it's like, (laughs) and, and for some couples, it can be male, female, female, female. It, 
it, you're, it's a lot to try and find out what is making the person climax the best or the most. So to have right. all these extra things come in, it's like, this is only going to take four minutes now. Like yeah. <laughs> you're set. we can do a whole bunch of other things because we know we got the grand finale here and here's the, the big finisher. Well, and too, you know, women can, multi, can orgasm multiple times in a row. So just because, you know, she's gone once or twice, you know, he may still be trying to climax himself, but she can go three, four times. And that's really exciting for partners to see that. I mean, and what, whoever the partner is, but, you know, only about 30% of women have orgasms from penetrative sex alone. So that means 70% of us need a little help. Some way or another. And so I think when we set the expectation that, hey, this will just help things along, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the majority need a little help moving things along. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love talking about this kind of stuff. And (laughs) now when you got that kind of backlash for saying even the word anal, like if I use it in like you're being really anal, like people are like just the word alone, because you talk about a lot of taboo kind of topics that a lot of people aren't talking about. Like yeah. anal sex, it doesn't mean you're, you're like, everybody do it. You got it. Like it's, you're giving education on here. It is here. Like, it's not so dirty and scary and such a like underground basement word. Even I remember seeing one of your posts where your podcast was about squirting. <laughs> and I had a girlfriend go, what is that? What, what is that? I'm like, have you like even seen it on porn? Like, what are we talking about here? And I love that you're talking about things that most people have never even said the word out loud. Right. But you took a lot of backlash for that. I mean, I'm sure people didn't even say it to your face or to you. How do you deal with that? Because you do tackle quite a few topics that there's that word judgments. Like everyone's making judgments. She's like, why is she talking about threesomes? Like we're judging people all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, as a physician, I am an educator. Like that's what I do. I educate women about their bodies and here's choices for your diabetes, you know, medicines and these kind of things. And I like for myself, just knowing what's out there, you know, I look on Apple news and I read about this, I read about this. And so I wanted a podcast where I could just talk about what is up with it. Like who all's doing it? What, what is it about? And I had, I did one on Tantra a while ago and I had a woman that was really kind of on Instagram, really freaked out about it at first. And she's like, Oh, it's like this. But then when she listened, she goes, it's nothing like what I thought. And I said, exactly. It's nothing like what I thought either. It was like a, everyone kind of went, Oh, it's not sting. And his poor little wife, Trudy, having sex for 72 hours straight. Like, it's not that. That's what the the legends are that kind of become urban myths around these sexual practices, like polyamory. You know, it's it's not all just like a big commune. People just having fuck fast the whole time. It's not that. It's really an interesting practice. There's value in, in all these different groups. Otherwise, people wouldn't be doing them. And so, yeah, I do. I do sometimes probably push the envelope a little bit. But but that's what I like. I want to learn about it. Like I'm a better person for having learned these things too. Well, and I love learning because it doesn't mean I have to do it. It just, once I got rid of judgments years ago, I learned because a lot of my girlfriends are into a lot of different things and it doesn't mean that it's my cup of tea, but tell me the stories. Like I want to hear these things, whether it's S and M or different things, like whether they're lesbians or whether bisexual or whatever it might be. 
when I hear their stories, again, if you can get rid of that judgment zone that we all go to, it's a big world with a lot of people that are into a lot of different things. And as long as it's not hurting anybody who doesn't want to be hurt, I mean, you right. don't have to say that, then go go for it. it. It's especially if it's pleasurable for you and it works for you. Well, that's, you know, I think about 50 shades, which of course, you know, I'm not a fan of the, of the bugs <laughs> because, because a 23-year-old virgin orgasms 12 times in the elevator the first time she has sex. You know, it's a little bit of those kind of fantasies. But kink was so, it was like so shocking then. I mean, it really shocked the mainstream. She's talking about BDSM. And now we're all like, oh, so yeah, people spank. That's cool. I mean, just kind of made it normative, Mm. which then allowed people to kind of think through it, not with fear or fight or flight. They were just kind of like, oh, okay. It's not my thing, but hey, if it's someone else's thing, that's great. Yeah. Well, and threesomes, we're seeing even like different Netflix series and specials and different things on that because it's not so taboo. Now let's go back to Tantra because I don't even know what Tantra is. Actually, when you said it, I, I have in my mind sting right away. And <laughs> always sting. As soon as you said that, I was like, all right, she means sting. What, what's like the, like some like super quick. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Cause I mean, that's what I thought too. And, and I mean, poor sting, when did he become the poster child for Tantra? I mean, like no one remembers the police or his music. They remember- <laughs> You know, I really was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do something on Tantra. And I was on a podcast that was a Tantra practitioner. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to do one on that too. And I really thought that Sting had sex. I mean, I, you know, I'm a grown woman. I thought Sting really had sex for like two days and probably didn't pee, didn't eat. I mean, probably (laughs) hydrated with some like power gel or something. And that was it. And then when I really looked into it and started kind of going and meeting with people, it's really a very mindful meditative practice. I mean, it starts off as actually yoga. Tantric yoga is actually the kind of parent of it. And then they kind of take it into the sexuality field and kind of like yoga itself. It's a very religious practice in basics, you know, back when it's history. And so of course, Western society kind of, you know, ruined it some, they kind of bastardized it and made it something that was kind of forbidden and dirty, but really it's about breath work and engaging with your partner. And it's about eye contact and it's about the journey. So it's almost like a Tibetan meditation practice, but a lot of women would really benefit from slowing down and taking the journey as opposed to, again, the four minute, which four minutes is great. I mean, it's a Coral Lewis mile. I mean, but you know, but sometimes you got to slow down and enjoy the journey. And that's what Tantra is all about. And isn't it the buildup too? Like if it, if it takes more buildup, there's going to be more explosion in the end kind of, so to speak. Yes. Yes. And it's really about connection. That's what I loved about it so much. It really was, instead of just, there's, you know, two people having sex, it's the connection between. So it really becomes an energetic kind of exchange, not just of bodily fluids and other things, but also just energy and auras. And it's really, it's really kind of a beautiful practice. I haven't tried it. It might be on my new year's things to try. I don't know. We'll see. It's your partner's <laughs> like, check. <laughs> I'll check. That like, yeah. Sting and Trudy, you know, and, um, but a lot of celebrities are practicing it. That actually was like Tom Hanks, Heather Graham, Puff Daddy, Sean, you know, um, a lot of people are really into it again for the meditative benefit of it. And I mean, 
Tom Hanks can do it, I mean, Mr. Nice Guy America, then yeah, you know, it's nothing perverse. As soon as you said Tom Hanks, I was like, oh, okay, right? Like now if he made it okay, it's mainstream now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Is Tom Hanks doing anal too? (laughs) He might be. I'm going to have to ask him if I see him at some point. That will probably definitely get the backlash. (laughs) Well, and I mean, it kind of goes beyond that whole, like it's a physical act. I mean, sex is a physical act. And I think the problem is, is some people make it just that. And that's okay if that's what they want. They want to keep it a physical act. But a lot of us, women especially, we mm-hmm. are emotional beings. We, some of us are very spiritual beings. Mentally, we, we need that stimulation. And if you can bring all that into it as well, like you're getting that full spectrum of everything. And well, and you're getting all the good stuff from it too. I mean, so again, you get the quick dopamine release for the quick orgasm. But then when you're really connected, it slows down your breathing and it puts those long-term like oxytocin, those long-term hormones out there that are just healthy. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, you. I'm like, you know, emotional, spiritual connection is, is that's the ultimate, the penultimate is all of that, you know, in a sexual encounter. Well, because you can get off on your own when you're with a partner, if you can bring in some other things and it's, you can't do that by yourself. You know, you can't get that connection. You can be connected to yourself, <laughs> yeah, but to, yeah. to be able to be, take that time. Cause we don't, that's the thing too, with time. Uh, I have a friend who, I mean, I think she can only, she has like a minute and a half in the shower. She can climax in a minute and a half. She's got her little, <laughs> looks like lipstick. That's an impressive handheld shower wand. She, yeah. She's like, it looks like lipstick. It's in the bathroom. My kids don't even know what it is. They think it's lipstick. It really is her jumping in the shower before she hears mom, we need to go to school. Like we need to leave. You're my ride. And she's, she gets her done. She knows what's going to do the trick because we're busy. Well, and and she, I mean, it's the champion breakfast in the morning. Like if you can just kind of get that starting your day, I mean, how can your day get worse when you started with an orgasm? It can only, I mean, it's only going to get amazing. Dr. Heather says that I need an apple a day and an orgasm a day in the morning. Start it off. Yeah. It's the doctor away. Is there health? What is there like legit scientific health benefits to it? Like that, like studies have said. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, not only does it, you know, again, with the good, the good mental benefits, which everyone, I'm sorry, everyone in the world could use right now with the pandemic, like everyone is a little fucked up mentally. We're fatigued. We have all this kind of like inertia, but it lowers blood pressure. It, it can lower weight because again, you're, you're putting something pleasurable on your body. That's not food. So we're actually diverting away from things that we probably shouldn't be doing. We drink less alcohol. And so, I mean, the, oh, there's thousands of reasons why it's, it's scientifically been proven healthy, but I mean, those are four really good ones for me. I mean, those, I need all four of those. Mm-hmm. I could probably use my blood pressure lowered and I mean, who probably couldn't these days. And yeah. I mean, just the jack up from the past two years, like, I mean, even we see it on everyone, almost every patient comes in. She's got something, you know, um, I'm tired. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. And this, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. It's called 2020, 2021, you know, and they look at me like I have three heads when I tell them, well, go masturbate. (laughs) They want a prescription and you're like, no, well go to Amazon. Here's a couple of links for some good toys. Wow. It that's to hear it from a doctor is nice too, because we can think it as women, like maybe I do need more of this, but when a doctor can say to you, listen, sure. It might not 
be the replacement for medication if some of us have more serious issues going on. But yeah. try this first. Maybe it's going to be the answer you need, right? Like it's well, and it's it's also you know an issue because when we become that way, when we become depressed and anxious, right? I'll call it like middle aged white woman syndrome kind of thing. Like everyone kind of feels fat and bloated. I mean, this is what I hear, you know, every day and I'm depressed and I can't sleep. And this is all the perimenopausal type symptoms. We tend to push off sex and then, but we could use sex. And so like the symptoms get worse. And so it's kind of this vicious cycle where if you just would go have sex, schedule it, do whatever, schedule masturbation, it, it will break the inertia because when we're stuck in that inertia time period, where it's like nothing moves. It's really easy to let months go by and you go, I haven't had sex. I haven't had an orgasm because it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And we schedule, I, I have this conversation because I'm a fitness coach. I'm a wellness coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a empowerment coach and they all go hand in hand. So when I have my clients check in and it asks about their sex drive. And when, I mean, I can't tell you how many times it's like nil to nine, have an orgasm in how long. And when I tell them that they need to schedule it, they just look at me blankly. Like, are you, that's <laughs> my do. whole, that's, or, or I'll say, what are your goals then for orgasms? And they're like, what? Like, Lori, what are you talking about? We schedule everything. We schedule our work. We schedule our workouts. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of us schedule meals or, or laundry, like laundry, laundry, maybe a certain day. I mean, I mean, in my phone, I have every single minute of every single day. So you have to, because we're busy and because we can forget about something so important as that, where you think back to when was the last time I did? Mm-hmm. And it's the same with sex with a partner. Sometimes we do just need to put it on the calendar. And I had a client where we were having a conversation and she goes, that's so forced. So like, what if like, I don't feel like it at the time. And I said to her, Mm, I would give it about three, four minutes in and you would feel like it. It's just that in our society, we're so busy. We're so busy taking care of everyone else that we forget. When I always tell my patients too, I'm like, schedule it. Doesn't mean you have to put a dick inside. It doesn't mean just start the process. (laughs) And maybe it turns out that, you know, y'all get naked together and you touch like a bunch of teenagers and then it's over for the moment. But that's still that connection and that good skin, that skin hunger that we have, like to touch another human or touch ourselves, just, you know, I was take the pressure off and I was like, don't, you don't want to fuck just like, but, but Hey, most of the time it does lead to that, you know, <laughs> but then if you take the pressure off, it's almost like when I tell patients after having a baby, I'm like, you can't have sex for six weeks. All of a sudden they want to go out at like rabbits. And I'm like, <laughs> because I told them they can't have it. So now if I say, you know, you don't have to, Oh man, it gets the teenage rebellious genes going. And they're like, oh, we're going to have it. I would love to be a fly on the wall in your office. Like <laughs> some of the conversations that you had, like, it's just like, take some notes. Uh, yeah. Well, and you're the type of, I've never seen a doctor before that is so open in terms of talking about everything, like things that are so taboo. Mind you, I do have some pretty awesome female doctors in my life who we're talking about it more. So it's just, it's, it's nice to be open, but it's so awesome. The, the relationship that you must have with your clients, because you're not judging and you're open to talk to them about anything, right? Like it's, you know, you'd be surprised though sometimes. I have, I've had several sexual health patients that come in and they, they clearly come in and they, they want to be fixed, right? They're like, I, I can't do this. I want to be fixed. And I'm like, okay, this is not going to be easy. Like, we're going to have to unpack, like, just like what you do with the client, unpack a bunch of shit, right? Because mm-hmm. it's never just one thing, it's always a bunch of things. And, and they're like, there's not a pill I can take. N- no, baby, there's not a pill you can take to do. No. 
I wish, but there's not. And then I won't hear from them again. They're just looking for the quick fix. And then I know I'm like, what's, you know, and I had one that was like about 23, 24. And I was like, oh, she's never going to come back because she doesn't want to do the work. She wants to just me to tell her it's going to be okay and to fix it with a pill. And I'm like, I don't have that. Well, and is that because for men, I mean, it, I don't know if it's true, but they could just take the Cialis, they can take the Viagra and that's really an easy fix. So for women, we're thinking that there's this magic pill that we can take that's going to help us orgasm quicker or better or stronger or yeah, is that why? I mean, you know, they've never been able to figure out something to really help the female libido and the female orgasm because it's so complex. It's so multidimensional. And what's interesting is, is as men have estrogenized more, as there's more estrogen in the, in the society, men are, you know, they need, certainly if they have erectile dysfunction and they get older, they need that to get an erection. But a lot of times I'm having men now that don't want to, they just have a low libido because again, they're tired. They're overworked as men kind of, if we're equal equalizing the roles and sometimes in the relationships, the men are having the same symptoms that we are. And we just don't acknowledge it for them because they're supposed to be guys. You, you think about it, you get a hard on and we have to give credit to the, to the, I mean, they're going through their own things too. And they don't usually have groups to talk about it. There's not like a podcast for guys that talks about that kind of stuff, you know? And- society looks on that as being less of a man, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. whereas, and I see it in my clients because I help men as well, where andropause is happening for a lot of them. And I mean, testosterone imbalances in 20 something men. I mean, it's happening yeah. really young now. Well, we think that we weren't told kind of the secret sauce as we got older. I guarantee you the guys have never heard about andropause or manopause. I sometimes will call it kind of funnily. And I'm like, they've never heard of this is coming it's a complete shock to them most of the time that this is, they're going to happen around maybe 38, 40, 42. And, and they're, they just think that they're just, they get a little bit heavy. They get depressed. They have no energy. It's the same thing that we go through, but no one ever told them. So I do feel bad for the guys. Well, and no one told them, like, I I'll ask what's your blood work look like? Like, have you had your testosterone checked? And they're like, that's a thing. Like, because again, they push it, push it down. Like it's, it's not something they knew to even check or think about. They're just depressed yeah. or they're stressed or. Yep. They drink instead and they don't go to the doctor. Men never go to the doctor. We go to the doctor every year for our paps and when we have babies. So we have a relationship with our physicians, but the guys don't half the time when I ask them like, which is, oh, he doesn't have a doctor. I'm like, well, but he needs one. Everyone needs at least one. So I'm like, get them in somewhere. So, you know, the guys kind of got a raw deal a little bit. We kind of gave them a raw deal. Well, and I mean, they're okay. They can, they'll be okay. We got to have the babies. We got to (laughs) have. Oh yeah. I'm not saying they're equal, but, but they kind of, you know, it's, it's nice to see that we're equalizing, you know, a little bit, that there's things that I would say empathy is always a really good thing for women. And we're really good at having empathy for everybody else and not ourselves, but also our male partners sometimes are going through stuff too. And so it's good just to be like, Hey, what's going on? Have you seen the doctor? What's, you know, how are you feeling? Are you depressed? Are you tired? What's going on? And the guys will usually start drinking. That's where you start seeing it or they eat like crap. Oh yeah. The weight gain and then the stress levels and yeah. well, and we don't check in a lot and ask men, especially like, how are you doing? No, no, really. How are you doing? Cause I mean, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And erectile dysfunction is another kind of taboo where everyone thinks that there's yeah. something wrong with them or mm-hmm. it's such a negative thing. And it's very common now, like you're seeing it more and more probably in my age range is why I'm hearing about it. 
Yeah. But a lot of men, even in their twenties that are having issues uh, from a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a certainty it's, it's at some point men will have trouble with erectile dysfunction. I mean, Hugh Hefner did. I don't know how many Viagra the man took every day. I mean, he was still <laughs> trying. God bless him. He was still trying. But I mean, everyone is, you know, it's not an issue of you, you know, you lost your mojo. It's just that it's just the changing hormones. And then the sex can be better. It just may not be, you know, oh, I got a hard on right away or I got, you know, I can go right again. You know, it just, it's, the sex just gets different as we get older, but can be amazing still. But it happens with our bodies too, like for fitness, for example, the things that we did in our teens and our twenties and even thirties, I mean, it takes us longer to warm up now. Our joints are a little bit more creaky. We have more injuries. Like it's going to take you more time to get to where you want to go. And it's, yeah. it's probably no different in terms of say an orgasm or sex drive. Yeah. And I think we just have to give ourselves some grace as we get there, you know, and that's why I love stories about older people that are doing amazing things like a Hugh Hefner, even though, you know, plus or minus on Playboy and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, he made a priority. It was a priority because he had, you know, these what six, seven young house buddies or whatever he was trying to get with, you know, when you hear about those stories about women that are still look like, you know, Queen Elizabeth, you know, I'm a fan. I mean, she's 95. The woman's still working like a fiend. I mean, it's because they have motivations because they have the drive to keep doing things. That's what we need as we age. Oh, that's so awesome. Why don't we have this kind of stuff in like education? Because I think back to I mean, I'm older, I, I, but I even think with my children's education, my teens, because I'm pretty open about talking about quite a bit of stuff, probably more than they want me to be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be so nice. And I know, is it maybe that the parents in the school systems are still like, you know, God forbid we put Dr. Heather's course in the school systems that's going to oh. talk about anal and talk about maybe yeah. the fact that you're going to lose your sex drive and talk. I mean, we didn't even talk about masturbation. Like it was like a grade yeah. seven health education class. Yeah. It's, um, it's tricky. You know, it's, there's still a lot of resistance to education and the truth, what this kind of this divine truth is. And, you know, I mean, I see it with all kinds of things and, you know, of course, down here in Texas, you know, women's health rights have been kind of, you know, it's like living back in like the twenties here. I mean, you know, we can't, I can't even talk about the A word or, you know, I can get sued. It's sad. We're actually going backwards almost. So I think there's going to be a renaissance of women that are talking about it, like in the speakeasies, like, right. We're going to have to do this on the side. They just took out a book out of um, the parents all through a fit about a book that talked about, you know, LGBTQ community for high schoolers. And they took the book out because it was the footloose, like the book burns kind of thing. And it's, it's, I think we're progressive and I think people want to be progressive. I think there's a group that just does, does not want to be. Well, it feels like we're, we're jumping ahead on so many fronts, but things like the A word, like luckily in Canada, we can still say it. We can still, we still have different rights, right? Yeah. But that scares me because I do have a teenager. I'm sure eventually I'll have grandchildren. And it's like, are we really taking steps back in that, in the fact that this is the female body and here's what we're allowed to do and not allowed to do. And it's, it must be very frustrating for you as a doctor, but also as a woman. It's, I mean, it's so, it's so upsetting. It's, it's almost like, I just have to almost like shut that part off because I mean, that's my job is to shepherd women through these various parts of life. And when I can't even talk about it anymore, there's, 
there's problems, you know? And, and I think I put up something about stay out of my exam room when it first happened. And, and I had patients leave the practice because they didn't agree. And I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to agree. I mean, I don't argue with your opinions, you know, but it comes down to, I'm not going to go have an abortion tomorrow. I'm 50, you know, but do I want to tell someone their options when they're 20 or 16 or even 35, I should be able to talk about the options. And that's where the women's autonomy is really, it's under assault right now, at least down here. Well, and it, and unfortunately, Canada tends to follow suit. So that's what always scares me is the more we see it happen down there, the more it trickles up to us up here always. So it's, and it's our bodies, it's women's bodies. And we have ownership of so many other fronts in terms of equal rights. And we're moving forward on in so many respects. And then we're standing still in so many respects, but this really is one of the areas that we're taking massive leaps backwards. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think you'll see what the states are going to fracture. Like California is now like, we'll do them for free. And, you know, Texas is like, oh, let's have some guns. And we're going to get rid of the guns. I'm like, and here we go. You know, we're going to all start politically dividing. And, and that's where women usually get hurt in that mix because they're kind of like, they become the victims of all that shuffling around politically. It's like, you'll have a great wall right in the center of the, I may <laughs> move to Canada. I love Canada. I wouldn't move up that there. would be the best. You're welcome. You're welcome. Here. That's for a whole nother podcast. I think honestly is getting into that, but Again, you're probably censored in terms of what you can. And that's the one front that you're probably censored in is that you have to, because you have a medical license, right? So you have to be careful there. Yeah. I, you know, we've taken some kind of some precautions. I mean, of course I still talk about everything on my podcast. So like, it's all like a free flow. And to me, that's, it is feel like that kind of like in the night, like, you know, it's that old podcast where they like people with the radio, like deep in the night where people learned all the good stuff about, you know, like that's what, that's what you and I are here to do is to just share the information and people can decide for themselves what they want to do. But if we don't have the info, then we're not, we don't have the full picture and knowledge is power, right? So we just got to keep sharing our personal, very personal stories about things. It's true. And I mean, we had, uh, when I was growing up, I think I was 17, there was the Sunday night sex show and it was with Dr. Sue and you would sit in your car because we didn't have our, our iPhones and you, every Sunday night I would listen. And I mean, this was an older lady with her little glasses talking about sex and talking about anal and talking about different things on the radio. Yeah. But it was like that taboo. I'm just going to sit by myself in the car and hope nobody else can hear (laughs) what I'm listening to. And there was Dr. Ruth. There's a whole bunch of different ones where, I mean, even Hugh Hefner, I'm a huge fan, but there was a lot of people that were like, what is he doing? Like that is so yeah. where it was. So I watched all of his programs that he had all of his reality shows because I thought this is just educational. Like I'm really starting to learn about different things. Yeah. It's good it's, to put your feet in other people's shoes and just walk around for a minute just because, you know, it, it does, it expands your horizons. If you can't travel the world, at least do it through the magic of, you know, little sweet Dr. Ruth. I mean, just put her in your pocket. I mean, this little sweet old lady with her accent, she's talking about sex. She was so palatable because she was so 
non-intimidating, intimidating. And here's Hugh Hefner, I mean, with his ascot and his robe. I mean, you know, when we're older, we're actually better educators because we aren't as threatening to the, you know, the social norms because we're supposed to be wise and crones, they used to call us. Well, I think too, like when you're older, you stop giving a shit what anyone else thinks too about you. So it's like, I'm going to say this. And if you, if you have a problem, tune out, don't listen to me. Don't follow me. Here's me. Here's, here's how I am. Take it or leave it. And I think when you're younger, you're more of a people pleaser and you, you, it's more like, I'm going to say what I'm supposed to say. I'm going to stay in this safe zone. Yeah. Which is why I think aging is great. So great. And now what would be like your, your mic drop takeaway from all of this? Like if, if I said, like, if someone was listening, what should they do? What is like a mic drop moment? This is Dr. Heather says. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, that's a lot of pressure. I, you know, I tell women you have to do you, you know, and that's, that's the message with the podcast. Like, I mean, again, I'm not telling everyone, and I tell people, I'm not telling you to go have anal or go have tantric or to go be polyamorous. You have to figure out what's right for you. Just like you figure out what calories are right for you, what diet's right for you, what exercise is right for your body. The same with sex. And when we stop comparing ourselves to, well, this worked for her or this worked for her, then we can actually be truly authentic and authentic is just fucking sexy. I mean, that's just sexy. Nothing gets sexier. It's sexy and it's easy. When you're authentic, Mm -hmm. life is just so much easier than trying to put on some facade. You're trying to put on some front. You're trying to fit into that box all the time. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. And when you have that wall up all the time of stuff that you can talk about, can't talk about, shouldn't talk about. That's exhausting too. Is, is it like, do I have to filter myself always? Yeah. And when you can kind of just get rid of all that and you do you, then you're going to win every time and whatever it is. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. Always my pleasure. And if you don't listen to Dr. Heather's podcast, you have to, it's called the me spot. And I'm going to have you on here lots because there's a whole bunch of other things. I mean, we could start talking about like G spots and all these different things. So much. It could be like a series, a a Netflix series. (laughs) And I just love, I love talking to you because I'm really raw and real. I'm really sassy. And it's like, you're, you're my Texas version. Like I always feel like we're like this sisterhood. It's just so warm and tingly, warm and tingly. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that warm and tingly today. (laughs) Damn it. I should have sent you a vibrator for Christmas. Why didn't I think about that? (laughs) Oh, that's the best. That's the best. Well, I'm, I always end my podcast because my, my new book, rescue your own damn self at the end of every little mini chapter, it was, I, I kind of finished my little life lessons with rescue your own damn self. By making 2022 your year of orgasms, your year of you and what works for you, because not everything works the same for everyone else. Come more, be more open to pleasure, be more open to talking about and experiencing and understanding different things and live sassily ever after. Your book is amazing. Thank you. It was amazing. I got an advanced copy to read and I loved it. I read the whole thing up and like, three hours. Oh, you know what? And it's, I, it, the world is so heavy. And when I was writing it, I'm like, I'm just going to have fun with this. It's going to be really light. It's going to be some sad stories. It's going to be some funny stories. And I wanted it to just be super light for people as your podcast is right. It's like, we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. It doesn't have to be heavy. This doesn't have to weigh us down and feel so serious all the time. And it was so authentically you. I felt like I was just 
listening to you talk while I was um, reading. Thank you. Well, please come on again. Cause I mean, I can talk about this every day <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and keep, keep looking at lots more vaginas as you deliver a million babies. And <laughs> I'll be looking at one tonight probably. So yes. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you, baby. Thanks so much for listening, friends. For more sassy and magical adventures, be sure to check out my website, lorimork.com or follow me on Instagram at lori.mork. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast where each and every week we release a new episode featuring queens, kings, divas, vixens, gods and goddesses, and just some totally awesome guests who are ruling their kingdom and narrating their own feisty fairy tales. It's time to rescue your own damn self and live sassily ever after.